Um, yeah, what a beautiful reminder, right, when we get to this month, whether it was December, whether, whether it was in the Jewish calendar in March, it's just a reminder that we were given hope because we were a people who were not looking for God. And today, you know, we know that God was looking for us. Whether Jew or Gentile, it didn't matter. God had a plan for all of us from the beginning. So today, we're going to be looking, today's title message is going to be Making Room for Hope. Making Room for Hope. How many of you, ever since you gave your life to Christ, feel hopeful? How many of you, during belonging to the Lord, have at times felt hopeless? Right? How many of you understand that those are crosses that God sends our way? And it is through crosses that we're changed. If it, everything went really nice and creamy and peachy for us, we would think that somehow, some way, we're doing it. But it is only through hardships and what God sends our way that we also truly find hope. Because you can't find hope un unless you come to a point where you're truly hopeless. You have to be hopeless to find hope. So... Today we're going to be studying in the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, 1 through 10. And I want to start with this. We live in a world that is crowded with information and so much social media, chaos, and confusion of who's right and who's wrong. The truth is that when we truly think about it, we have all been wrong. We get close to the season called Christmas, and we make it about what it's not. People make it about Christmas trees, lights, and presents. Don't think I'm talking about this. This is a good thing, right? It's not a bad thing because we see families unite, have dinners together, and exchange gifts. But in all of this, the true meaning of is, it's a person. It is a person whose name starts in the word Christmas. Ain't that something? But a lot of people don't know that. They don't understand. That is about a person. So that's kind of ignored. Christmas starts with the name Christ. And that's what we want to talk about today. Hope is a person, Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what hope is not. Hope is not wishful thinking. I wish everything would just all of a sudden go boom, and it would happen. I wish, you know, I would get the house. I wish I would get the wife, the husband. Whatever it might be, wishful thinking won't get you any of it. I wish I could just leave to heaven right now. Doesn't, doesn't happen, not like that. So <clears throat> the same thing happened in the book of Isaiah. In the book of Isaiah, God has sent the prophet Isaiah to speak to the people who had been rebellious, who were not listening to the leaders anymore. The leaders themselves were corrupt. 
the leaders themselves were not taking care of the orphan, the widow, the poor. The leaders were taking bribes and oppressing the poor. Sounds like the system we live in today. And it was during this time where God had already set judgment to judge the people of Israel, Judah and Jerusalem. Through the lineage of Judah, we know that that was the, David's line, the royal line of David. Jerusalem, Israel, was another part of the people of God. But Judah was specifically chosen for, for the king of kings to come through. So during this time in Isaiah, God said, I planted a vineyard, and I expected sweet grapes, but instead, I got bitter grapes. He's talking about people, their attitudes, the what's in their heart. When we come to the Lord and he saves us, your prayers and your love for him is either a sweet aroma or your lack of time with him is like bitter grapes. So it was in the year like 586, Assyria had been completely destroyed by King, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. And God had already um, set Babylon against the Israelites. And he said, I'm cleaning house. I'm cleaning house. So I want you to notice one thing about this is that God had already spoken through Isaiah that he would raise a branch. And when you read that word branch in the book of Isaiah, it starts with a capital B. Because that branch is not a piece of tree. It is a person. And the thing is, is that as we're going to look into the scripture, we're going to see that God's promises always involve a waiting time. So this is going to be our first point. Hope always starts with a promise and always involves a waiting time. In Isaiah 11, 1 through 4, it says, Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force, uh, at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. When we look at this, God told the people of Israel through the prophets that they will go into captivity for 70 years. 70 years, and whether, and whether there were some righteous people who followed the law of God, and there were many that didn't, God left. God left the roots in the ground of the tree. The roots represent the people, the Davidic line, the royal line. And out of that stump that was there, because Jesus comes through the line of David, 
That's prophesied in the scripture. Um, Jesus would be the branch. He would be the life of the, of the roots and the stump. So he told them that for 70 years they would be in Babylon and then be restored to their own land again. Here we see a promise in a waiting time. Some of those people probably went in there when they were 70 and 80. They probably didn't see or ever went back to the land. And what does that have to do with us? For us in this time and era, we have been given promises. Promises that God always keeps. The problem is, is that the promise, this whole, this book right here called the Bible, they told me a long time that Bible stood for basic instruction before leaving earth. Isn't that something? But nobody wants to read it. Basic instruction before leaving earth. You want to know what God is doing or what he's going to do? Read his word. It talks about the past, present, and the future. Why do you need, why do you need some prophet today to tell you what's going to happen in the future when it has been written for you to know? Everybody in this country, just about everybody, knows how to read and write. Right? And the ones that don't, learn by hearing. Because the spirit takes over. God wants to tell us today that he is not slow to keep his promises. But he desires that all should come to repentance and receive these precious promises. So that you and I can come back to life if we have passed away to reign with Christ in the millennial kingdom. The book, the chapter 11, chapter 11 in the book of Isaiah, introduces the king of kings and the millennial kingdom. It talks about the 1,000-year reign of Christ and what the earth will be like. As we go through this, as we go through this, this is talking about a future event that you and I, as believers, when we were told about the good news of the gospel, we've been waiting for. We're waiting for Jesus to, to, to come back, aren't you? I know I am. I know that in this life, I will never be perfect. But when I am changed in the twinkling of an eye, my mortality will be swallowed up by immortality. And then will I be made perfect. But until then, I will struggle. And I will have faults. And I will have um, difficulties in making decisions. I'll make bad decisions. I'll make good. But God is not angry because you don't quit. Fills you with hope. It doesn't matter what you've done. Pastor, what? Let's talk about this. Because he's a father. He's a savior. He's a big brother. He's a healer. And he loves to spend time with you more than you want to admit. So as they're as they're um as they're there waiting in Babylon, there's a lot of things that happen. God not only takes the people, destroys the people who were not listening because that was, a, that was a judgment call from God against the leaders of Israel. That was a judgment call. When God judges and he says he's going to do something, he will do it. 
And the thing, of, the thing is that he had to clean house. But while cleaning house, he saved a few. He saved a few, the remnant, those who truly loved him. And we're wondering, well, God, we didn't do this. Jesus said the same thing. He could have got off the cross and said, Father, I'm not guilty. I'm not guilty. I'm not the one who sinned. I'm not the one who disappointed you. I'm just getting off the cross. Could you imagine if he did that? You and I wouldn't be here today. The world could have ended that day when it turned dark. But it didn't. He still had made promises even back then to the people in the future. And the beautiful thing about this is that um, we're waiting for that day. We're waiting for that day when we will, listen, I want you to think about this for a minute because it's scriptural. This is scriptural. The truth is that we're going to die in this life. Some might live 50, 30, 40, 10, a couple months, a couple hours, 100 years maybe. Is that is true? 120 maybe? Nah. I haven't seen it. But let's think about this. We are promised. We are promised that when Christ comes, we will live again. And guess what? You guys remember in the beginning of the Bible where Adam was living 965 years and all this, right? Guess what? When Christ comes, whether you're in the ground or just died or about to die or alive, or in, the, in paradise with him, guess what happens? Your body that's in the ground like a seed, your spirit will come and unite with it again. And that body's going to be glorious. And you're going to live what? A thousand years here on the earth again. And even after the thousand years after Satan is released, we will see. Once he is defeated, we will see the kingdom of heaven come down like a bride adorned for her husband. And we will live forevermore. Listen, church, if that's not hope to you, I don't know what you've been believing. I don't know what people have been telling you. I really don't. But it's the scripture. Look forward to that. Live for that. Not only because of the living the thousand years, but think about it for a second. You're going to see the master face to face. Like the song says, I don't know if I'm going to fall on my face, fall on my knees, or am I going to be in awe. But I know one thing, I'm going to see him face to face. Because the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess to, a, to the glory of God the Father in Christ Jesus. That means that all hell. All principalities, all powers, when Christ opens the sky, even hell itself and everything that is evil and wicked will fall on their face and see him coming down. That is the God we serve. That is the Savior that has been given to us. That is the branch that was promised to us. And that branch was also promised to us. So. How many of us have lost or lose hope when we are faced with difficult situations? 
For when God sends, sends the cross or the crosses our way to test or refine our love for him, he has to do that. Because if not, we're going to think we're doing this ourselves. We're going to think we're holier than thou. Just because we know a little bit more of the Bible, we, we might feel like Bible thumpers and Every, every time somebody comes to speak to us about the truth, we put them down like we know more. Oh, no, that's not what it means. Listen, every time I hear somebody tell me, oh, this is what it means, I step back. Because you're about to give me your human opinion. Now, if you read it to me as it is, I can believe it. Because you don't have to change the word of God. It has been there for you to read and to understand, and look at the most beautiful thing that you've been given. You've been given the spirit of the living God to live in each and every one of us. Because the mystery that was hidden, like I, I talked to you about last time, is that Christ lives in you. Where's your excuse? Do you got to go the, to, the, to the sky to find him? Do you have to go to a mountain or get in a submarine to go to the bottom of the sea? David said it. He said, if I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in, in hell, you are there. If I go to the deepest part of the sea, you are there. Why? Because Christ lives in you. He is never far from you. Oh, God, where are you? He's knocking inside your heart. Uh, hello, I'm right here inside you. Hello, I'm speaking to you from the inside out. I will manifest myself and my presence from the inside out. My power you will feel from the inside out. Change comes from the inside out. That is the hope that we're given. Listen, we have to change ourselves. You know how we try real hard to change people? Ugh, isn't that hard? We can't change nobody. That's a human will. And when wills fight, there's disappointment, there's disagreement, there's fights, there's separation, there goes the unity. Boy, you didn't like my opinion. You didn't like my idea. Is it yours? That's exactly what it should have been. Because let me tell you, God gives us something called discernment too. A discerning spirit, his spirit, that lets you know yes or no. The Lord always tells us, cast your cares upon him. Because he cares for us, right? 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties upon him because he cares. How many times have we come to people thinking that they care? Right? Oh, man, I thought you were like my bestie all the way. Like my bestie. I thought you were like my best friend. I thought you would never fail me. But now I come to you with this, and you don't want to. You treat it like you're content, like it's not even important to you. Or you try to give me a quick, like, opinion just to get rid of me. God wouldn't do that to you. He doesn't reject you. He always says, come. Come now, let us reason. Let us talk about this. 
that is messing with you, that keeps you down. Again, a glimpse of hope. The Bible is full of nothing but hope. Again, let me remind you, that hope is not things. That hope is not people. That hope is Jesus. Who have you been holding on to a grudge? I hope it's not your loved ones, your wife, your kids, or your, or your boss, or the one that pays. Don't keep holding that. When God doesn't answer you right away, it doesn't mean you've done something wrong or he's punishing you. It's just that he's working. He's working. Um, the Pharisees came to Jesus one day and said, what are you doing? It was the Sabbath day. You know, Jesus always did stuff on the Sabbath day. He broke all the traditions of men. He did. <laughs> he said, why do you make my father's word? The why do you make your words the, the traditions or, make, or use them as my father's words? Those are your traditions. Moses passed those down to you, but you've exaggerated. You're going to spend three hours just washing your hands. And then you call people unclean because they eat with dirty hands. Now what goes into the mouth that makes you unclean, it's what's in the heart that makes you unclean. That means your thinking thinking, your bad choice making. That's what makes us unclean. It's crazy, but we all have thinking thinking. And if we dwell on those thoughts long enough, we might just do it. But you can always come to the hope of your life. All over again. You know, God is so patient with us. You know why? God lives in, you know where it says, for 1,000 years it looks like a day to the Lord and one day it's like a 1,000 years? It's because God lives in one eternal day. <laughs> there is no time and space difference. There's no clock. There's no clock. So he can wait for you. He can wait for you until your butt is on fire. Tell that to him. Oh, yeah. When you get tired of being tired and sick and tired of being <sighs> of your ways, he's going to be like, are you ready? Sometimes you say, okay, God, I surrender. How many? Man, I remember growing up, I, I did a lot of running back and forth to God. My Lord, I, was, I messed up. You know? At first, I used to think, oh, God, you don't want a person like me. You don't want nobody like me. I just, I just messed up so many times. I sinned so much. I, even, I would think of God as being some old man sitting on a throne waiting for me to do something wrong to hit me with a lightning bolt. <laughs> wrong concept. Then I realized that my God and Savior has never been any older than 32 years. Forever young. The most, the most beautiful being in because it, it, it says the very beginning in the word of God. For it pleased God that in Christ Jesus, the Godhead should dwell, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three in one person. And we know how long he was going to live. 
anything. And there's no more, there's no one more beautiful than him. So I want to tell you a little story about him. That brought me back home. When I was 15 years old, the Lord gave me a promise. Even before I knew I would mess up my life. He gave me a promise. And this was the promise. It was actually actually a scripture. Philippians 1.6. I'm pretty sure you guys have heard this a thousand times. I am sure of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I was 15 years old. I had just finished having an encounter with the Lord. I had that first love. I wasn't going out there crazy, you know, like trying to uh, reconcile the whole world to, to, to God or nothing like that. But I experienced a love that was beyond measure. I woke up breathing Jesus. I went to sleep breathing Jesus. I walked and worked breathing Jesus. All day long, I loved Jesus. I'd be on the forklift, jump off of it, go into a corner. Oh, my God, I love him. Get back on the forklift. Oh, God, I'm done. I hope I don't crash. <laughs> but that love, you know, was so, so, like, so real. And little did I know that I would throw that away. I stopped hanging around with my brothers and sisters. I stopped praying. I never really understood the words. Well, I didn't read it much, but I paid attention to a lot of messages, and then it all began to mess with my life, until a couple years later, as I started to, like, back off and look again at the things of the world and kind of seriously bring them, okay, I don't pray today. I don't want to go to church today. I don't want to pray today. I'm not reading today, little by little. I began to just walk away. I began to walk away. Then I found myself um, committing sexual sins, adultery, fornication. And then after that, my life spiraled in, 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 into a life of getting shot at, going to prison, became a heroin addict, IV shooter crack smoker, living in the streets, unhealthy relationships, children out of wedlock, different baby mamas, all of it until 2010, June. I have been in and out of prison so many times, and God would speak, are you done yet? Oh, Lord, when I get out of here, I want to do the right thing. I'd be out for a month and back to the race. Do it again. When God gets you alone and he gets you sober, you're going to think right for a little bit. Especially if you're locked up. You have a lot of time to talk with God. <laughs> There's a lot of things you want to promise God, but you know you can't keep them. Because God is the promise keeper. But even then, he filled me with hope. So June 2009, I'm in the attic. 
just finished putting IVs in my in my arms with heroin. Hated my life. Complained to God why this didn't work out. And guess what happened? I hear his voice in that attic by myself. You know what he tells me? You're dying. Just like that. And I said, man, I got to be going crazy. But before I could finish the word crazy, his voice came to the other ear. And he said, you're not crazy. You are killing yourself. See, God doesn't have to hurt us. We do that all by ourselves. Right? But when I knew it was his voice, what did I do? I just, that attic where I was at just became a place. I was by myself. And I... And I knew that I was talking to the Lord. I didn't see him. No clouds, no angels, no ring, ring, ring. Little harper, nothing like that. I don't think that's what heaven's like. I believe that's not what he does. So, and then I just said, Lord, this was my, this was my rude awakening. I had to hear his voice to my, finally understand that that was not, never his plan for me. That was my plan. See, my plan, just like the children of Israel, their plans didn't work. And they were judged, sent to Babylon, but they were left with a hope. God gave me hope that day. So I said, Lord, I know, I know, this is a recognizing. I know that you did not make me to live this way. But I don't know how to stop it. My powerlessness also was showing up. But I said, please, I knew he was listening. I said, please, I don't want to die like this. You got to help me. That was it. He didn't even respond until three weeks later on my mother's birthday, God sent his angel to pay me. Out of all the things that you would have been expecting, right, God sends his angel. Why? Because I should have never been trying to make money selling that stuff to survive. I wasn't no drug dealer. I didn't own anything except 100 bucks to spend, get high, and then get it back so I could buy some more, get high, sell, make that $100. So I'm not going to brag about, oh, I was a drug dealer. No, I was a fool. <laughs> I was an addict fool. And self-destruct. And the Lord gave me hope. So, it, so I was like, man. So they tell me, you know, what's your name? What's your name? Grief. And I'm like, whoa, what, what's going on? They're like, what's your name? And I'm like, why? Didn't even think that God sent them. What's your name? Why? I got heroin on me, rocks in my mouth, and there's marijuana in the house. What's your name? Why? So as they're pointing their guns, one comes and grabs my wallet, takes out the ID. He goes, oh, you're the target. I'm like, target? This is like one of those Pablo Escobar things, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you should be looking for a big Pablo Escobar. <laughs> no, it was the Lord has, he, he sent for my salvation that day. See, I didn't know. For three weeks after he spoke to me, I didn't know what was going to happen. And when they show up, they, they take me upstairs. They find it on me. They say, you're under arrest. When they took me to the car, I was in handcuffs. 
beautiful sunny day, July 9, 2010, my mother's birthday. Her prayers answered, and I am saved. As I sat in the car, I took a deep breath. <sighs> Thank you, Lord, because I know that this is you. And when I said that, the presence of God came from my head to my toe, and I felt like I was wrapped in a blanket of warmth. But not the warmth of the sun, but a different type of warmth. Never looked back ever since that day. Now, that's hope. Hope to the hopeless. And that, and that is exactly who Jesus is. See, hope came inside of me that day. And the type of addict that I was, I should have been sick the next day. And I woke up and went to court and everything, and I kept saying to the Lord, Lord, please don't play with me. I know what withdrawals are, and he told me, sit down and rest. And I stand here to remind us that God can do for anybody. It doesn't matter who it is. And guess what? Those kids that I had out of wedlock, they're in my life. Grandkids and all. They even call me pops. <laughs> I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for none of it. But he restores everything that he looks at. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus was to the children of Israel. So, number two. Hope involves doing what is right and staying devoted even in the midst of waiting. How many of us give up so easily when things ain't going our way? Right? They tell you, hey, you're getting a check in the mail. You're getting a check in the mail, $5,000, but every day you're calling that place. Man, I don't see the check. This is tricky. Do I got to go over there? Do I got to bring the family? And we praying. There's, there's a waiting time. <laughs> there is a waiting time, but we want to take things into our own hands sometimes and go human. You know, we go human. We do our things our way. Hope involves doing what is right and staying devoted, even in the midst of waiting. You know why, why we know this is true? Because Daniel, remember Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? Those were from the line, from David's royal line. They were royalty. And they were doing what, what pleased the Lord. And you see how he set them apart? He does the same thing with you. Do what is right. Even when things don't seem to go, go right. What is right to us might not be the right that is to God. God knows what's right. And he might teach us during that time, you know, that what he expects of us. What does he expect? What does the Lord require of you? To love him. That's the thing. He's never asked any one of us for anything less. Adam and Eve enjoy that fellowship, that love with God. God loved them. How many times they loved the Lord? All day. Think about this. I know we read the story in Genesis really, really, really fast. But can you imagine the Lord coming to Adam? Hey, Adam. Here, take it. What do you think? Eve, come here. What do you think about this? 
He enjoyed them. He loved them. And in return, he enjoyed that love that went back to him. And you don't want that for yourself. Is that your love for him? Does your love rise to God as you speak to him? Or are you full of religion and complaining and judgmental feelings? And you don't look at sin. It's yours to choose. You have to decide it. I want it. Because he gives that love. Isaiah 5 through 5 through 9 says, He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. In that day, look, imagine this, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leper will lie down with the baby goat. The calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion, and a little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like the cow. The baby will play safely near the hay of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put its hand in the nest of deadly, deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with the people who know the Lord. Listen, this is, this is, this is the promise. Can you imagine the lion? You sleeping next to a lion or a cougar or a leopard? <laughs> He's not even going to want meat no more. He's going to eat hay and straw and grass. It says a little child will lead. This is in God's holy mountain. This is what the millennial kingdom will be like. Jesus is going to bring universal peace, not the peace that we know as human beings. Oh, stop the war. That's not peace because the mentality is still there. But when Jesus sets up his kingdom, and you know that you are his kingdom in Christ this life. I know this life is hard. I know there's a lot of disappointment. I know that there's... Uh, there's a lot of things that we go through on a daily basis. But let me tell you, God wants the best for you. And he's already planned what it will be like for us. The thing is, make sure you get there. Make sure you get there. So we have two of the most powerful tools given to man. It is the spoken word of God and the written word of God. We have tools like the old people in the Old Testament didn't have. Not everybody could read and write. They didn't have this like this. They had people who spoke it to them. And even then they, they heard and they did what God wanted. But then there were those who took advantage of those that weren't educated or intelligent and twisted what God said. They took bribes. And let, let the guilty go, and the innocent, they would keep in jails or executed. And the Lord said, the blood of your hands is in the vineyard that I gave you to take care of. Today, the world is the same way. Today, the world is the same way. False prophets in the, in the past, false prophets today. Social media. People teaching things that have nothing to do with God. Oh, well, uh, you know, 
I see a pastor have, well, he's got seven planes. So why can't I raise $2 billion to buy me a plane? Just give me the plane. Why are you going to exploit the people for $2 billion? You see the oppression? Here comes the lady who's barely trying to pay her $20 lights. And you're talking about, give me them $20. God is going to give me the plane. What is wrong? Our oppression is caught twisting the truth. God told us to take care of the needy, the poor, the widow, and the orphan. That's how you show kindness, by caring about others, caring about each other, caring about each other's needs. But let me tell you something. If you have a need and you don't tell your brothers and sisters about it and you become disappointed or angry with them because you expect them to know, guess what? God never gave us the gift to know what you're thinking. You have to talk. Get close to people. You know, and this is what... This is why we're called a family. We're here to help one another, to grow together, make sure we get home together. You know? So can you imagine when we're walking with Jesus and, you know, all of a sudden you're <laughs> running from a snake jumping at you or a lion coming after you. He comes after you. It's like you freeze and all of a sudden he just like takes a hold of your stomach. You're going to, you know, eat me because that's how it is. It says that every animal, living animal, I can give you a treat. Can you imagine that? The child is going to grab the, the snake by the throat. And the snake is like, hey, take this one. You know, he ain't trying to bite. And it says that a young, a child will be leading these animals. He got a whole Noah's Ark type of crew behind him. And he's just a child. Because when the Lord comes in on time, there will be nothing but love, peace, joy, and most importantly, the hope of the world comes from him. And we will be with him forever. But what does, what does it look like when you start to lose touch, you start losing your relationship? Think about this for just a few you have a lack of motivation, one. How many of you have, have lost motivation to do anything good? That you feel that it's, it's better to binge. I remember I was binging a lot. But I didn't stop drinking, so. <laughs> but it seemed like I needed to fill, like, the days. It's not like God wants me to do. I've been practicing uh, enjoying God's presence for the past several months. And I stopped. I, I don't know when was the last time I stopped to watch something on TV. Because I have found that sitting quietly with God, realizing that he is in my heart, and this is where he wants to dwell, and this is where he wants to spend time with me. I have found that spending time with him here, Right here is more enjoyable than anything else in my life. 
I'm serious. It is the most beautiful peace and joy that can be found in this world. But you must know that the king dwells inside. And he rules on the inside because the throne room is not really in your heart. And it's in bed of lies. What happens, too, when you lose? Your decisions. Number three, you cannot see clearly ahead of you anymore. Number four, you can shut down emotionally and stop interacting with others. Is that you today? Have you stopped interacting? Are you upset because you put your trust in people and you realize, wait a minute, I'm putting my trust in the wrong, <laughs> in the wrong source. This person is just as messed up as I am. How do I expect them to solve my issues and my problems? They're messed up too. We're all looking for the same hope, the same Savior, the only one that can change us. Like Romans 12, 2, let God transform you and change you by changing the way you think. God can do it, not you, not me. I can bring this message and you can leave and still be the same for the next five, ten years. You still question yourself. Maybe I should have loved a little bit more. I really did. Here's the hypocrite inside. He's going to speak up and say, no, 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 no. I said this message was going to be more. Because you're not encountering the king. Every time you listen to the words of the king, it's precisely what he's speaking. Ask yourself, what are you listening with your ears? you listening with your heart. If you speak two languages, one is from the heart, one is from your mouth, from your mouth. The one from the heart is the one that's there speaking. Right? God wants what? Your mind or your heart? Heart. We can only find true satisfaction in Christ Jesus alone. For this is the way Father God commanded. Is all through his son, Jesus Christ. Put your hope in him alone and don't you put your trust in people again who are just as messed up as you are. Christ surely is coming soon. And he's coming back. And if you're going to be part of that millennial kingdom, brothers and sisters, this time and this season is just a reminder. Jesus is not being born again in a manger. He's already in glory and ready to come back. Not as a savior of the world, but as a conquering king. And when he opens that sky, everything will come to pass. Everything, the earth, not anything or anybody will be able to stand. It says that the, the mountains will crumble. Every building will fall. Do you think you're going to be standing there? No. You think <laughs> and this earth will crumble. But guess what happens to us? <laughs> when he comes, we're standing in the air. <laughs> Can you imagine yourself? You know, it's when I get on a plane and I'm 40,000 feet up and I look down and I see God over the shoulder. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I didn't know what I would look like if this was the end. And it's like the stomach feeling you get. It's like, oh, my goodness. Right? But imagine when Christ comes, you'll be able to stand there. 
we need to glorify bodies, which is not limited to gravity. It's not, it's not, it's not um, the physical laws of nature won't, won't, won't stop you. Jesus showed us what the body will be like when his disciples were in the room, right? And all of a sudden he appeared in the room. And they freaked out. He said, hey, 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 I'm not a ghost. Excuse me, sir. Please. Let me show you that I'm not a ghost. No longer the laws of the physical laws of nature will These walls won't stop us. Nothing will stop us. We won't be grounded as we enter the ground. Be voided to take flight with the Lord. Imagine that. There are more beautiful things than you can imagine that God has made. And this is what Jesus wants to show us. That's the hope that I hope you live in. That's the hope I hope you have. Listen. Our bodies die every day. We're still dying. Every second that passes by, even this young girl right here, she's getting older. Every second that that needle moves, we're getting older. That new baby back there, she's getting older. Elena's son is getting older. We're born, but from the minute that we're born, we're dying. Just to live again, if we belong to Jesus Christ. So don't leave it there. <laughs> oh, to die. No, to die and live again with a glorious body in Christ Jesus. And in closing, Isaiah 17. In that day, the heir of David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him, and the land where he lives will bleed a glorious blaze. This is here on the earth, guys. Before the new heaven and earth comes, for 1,000 years, we still got some, you know, right now the earth, ever since the flood and all that, according to the word of God, the earth was 80% land and 20% water. The earth today is 80% water. But when Jesus comes, the Bible says that the, even the islands will move. Maybe we'll see the land change. But there's one thing that is going to remain constant. And it says that every nation will, will the highest mountain that's going to be on the earth is the mountain of the Lord, where Jesus dwells. And all the nations will go there to worship. I don't know about you, but I can't wait. I have to wait. I was going to say, I can't wait, but I have to wait. But it is a beautiful wait because we have a wait with hope. And that's what this season is about. Jesus is the reason for this season. Make sure you share that with your loved ones, with each other, and, and, and realize. Look at each other and tell each other, you and I are here because Look at each other and say, he's coming back for you. He's coming back for you. He's coming back for you. He's coming back for me. And that's the hope that we live with every single day. So think about the greatest promise of hope that you and I have. Hope is a person. His name is Jesus Christ.
think about the life you had before you had a relationship with the king. We were reckless, disrespectful, hurt and hurtful, disobedient, but in, but in his great love, Christ died for you and me to give us hope and a future. This hope is Jesus, and we can receive him into our hearts. He comes with the Father and makes a home in you. Christ lives in us, and that's our hope of glory. Amen? So at this moment, I would like to speak to those that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is what the Father, Father God, he invites you to share with him. Everything we talked about. John 3.16 says this. For God, right. You can quote that. You can quote that all your life. But to understand that and apply it to your life, you are because when you realize how messed up we really are and that we don't deserve nothing we can't earn nothing it is a gift of God because of what Jesus did on the cross then and only then when you read that verse for God so loved me that he gave the best what he loved the most his one and only son. Amen. What you love the most, he gave up for me. But look at me. Because the Father saw Christ in you and in me. And he loved us before he created the, the world. What? Yes. The, the, the scripture says that God chose you before the foundations of the earth. And a lot of people say, well, if God knew that that the people were going to mess up and become sinful. Why didn't he just do away with it and start a new one, right? Maybe that question has run your mind. You want to know why he didn't do it? Why didn't he destroy the earth? Because then you and I, sons and daughters, wouldn't be here today. And we would have just been destroyed. But because he loved you so much, he put up with us. He put up with us to the very day he puts up with us. But he says, hey, don't lose hope. I have loved you. I gave you the best. I gave you the son whom I love. Remember when the spirit appears on Jesus when he's baptized? The father says it very clearly. He says, this is the son whom I love, and in him I'm well pleased. We are found in Christ, okay? Christ is found in us. And because of that, you and I, we get a privilege. What privilege? It is an honor of God to us that we don't deserve to be his son and daughter to be a soldier of the kingdom, to be a citizen of heaven. Is it because of what you've done or what you do? No. It's because of what Jesus did. And all you have to do is receive the person of Jesus inside you and accept his forgiveness. And you know what? Take off from the world. Shake it off. Say, oh, no, Lord. This is not going to overtake me. This is not going to control me. This is not going to define me. You said I'm your son. You said I'm your daughter. Whatever God says about me, surely as his word is true, and everything he says is fulfilled, surely that's who I am. That's who I believe you are. So, if you don't have this relationship with Jesus, if you have not known him in an intimate way, hey, he says, come. Come to the tree of life. 
Jesus is the tree of life. You know why? Because he's the tree of life. Come and eat of the tree of life and come and drink of the fountain of life freely. The Holy Spirit is the water of life in you. That's who God is in each and every one of you today. To have a relationship with him. But if you don't have a relationship with him, whether you're online or here, all you have to do is make that choice. God does not force us to do anything. Anything, if you do anything for God, let it be out of love. Not vain conceit, like Paul says. Do it because you love God and you love one another. Don't do anything because you feel pressure to it. Do it because you, you, because you understand, who am I, Lord, to say no to you? Especially after I know what you brought me through. Right? I know where I was. Right? But the Bible is very clear when it says, for those who have been forgiven much, they love God much. But for those that have been forgiven little, they love little. The thing is, turn up the volume on your love. Spend time with your king who waits for you every single day. And don't throw them in the back burner when you have time. Purposely out of love, you make them. This is the gift of God to you. Don't wait till tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. Make Jesus your master and your Lord, your stock holder, head for your head. And live according to his will, not yours. Let yourself go. Ah, my way doesn't work. Let me know when your ways work, okay? And tell me that they were better than God. And I'll look at you and see your, the misery to your face. And say, whoa. That's the biggest lie we just tell ourselves. And to you who has been feeling hopeless and confused, even if you're a believer, come back to the tree of life, Jesus Christ, to be refreshed by the water of the Holy Spirit and by the truth of the of his word that guess what you have to read it you have to read the Bible <laughs> don't expect somebody to always tell you the time will come when they, we won't have Bibles the time will come on this earth when Bibles will be done away with and people are going to want to hear the word of God and the more you read this listen you don't have to sit and memorize verses no the Bible says very clearly that the Holy Spirit comes inside of you and he reminds you of everything that God says, that Jesus says. So it's written. The laws of God are written in your heart. You haven't even read the whole Bible, but they're written. Because the Spirit lives in you. And again, don't forget what this season is about. The reason for the season. What did I say the reason for the season is? Let's, let's, let's say it all together. What is the reason for the season? Ah, there's a division here. Somebody wasn't paying attention. He's got a name. All right, let's do it. What's the reason for the season? Amen. Let us pray. Let's get up. <laughs> you see? Unity. <laughs> All right. All right, let's uh Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for always showing us this 
speak the truth of your word to the earth. I'm just a vessel that you work through, Lord God, in miracle of salvation, just like every single person that is in this room is a miracle of the works of your hands. We thank you for the hope that we have today, who is your son, the son whom you love and whom we are found, but just like Jesus said, later on you will understand that you, I am in you and you are in me. Father, right now we live in you and we don't understand it. But more than that, you live in us and you want to show yourself to us. I pray that every single person that is, is at the, hears my voice today, Lord God, that is hearing you knock. I stand here knocking at the door of your heart. If you let me in. I will come in and dine with you, says the Lord. And I will make my home in you and with you. And Lord, I know that we don't fully understand, but how beautiful it would be for us to live in your presence and enjoy, enjoy your love all day long. In the midst of our activities, in the midst of everything that we do, your love can be pouring in us and through us like a river. That's who you are in us. We are full of your son, Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. And we thank you today for what you have said. I pray that we will not take this word lightly, but remember that you're coming back. And we look forward, whether we live or die, to live again and be with you forever. We love you and we praise you, Father. Be with your church as we head out. Protect us from the evil one and all his tricksters. Be with all your sons and daughters on the face of the earth. And be with the poor, the needy, the orphan, and the widow, and the sick and suffering all over the earth. Abba, Father, we love you. Master Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. Father, we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And the church of God says, amen. 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 Praise God.